You're listening to The Author's Leverage, where it's all about your book and how to create a greater impact and a greater income with it. This podcast is for the author who knows there's more you can do with that book. Whether you're publishing your first one ever or you've written multiple bestsellers, the path to greatness begins by looking around and seeing that you are, at this moment, standing right in the middle of your own acre of diamonds. My friends, your book is a brand. I'm Parshel Tashi, creative entrepreneur and education design architect, and I'll be your guide diving into the minds of successful authors, renowned publishers, and industry experts to glean practical wisdom you can integrate into your book writing, launch, and marketing strategies today. You'll hear straight from the source how authors like you were able to publish their best work and build wildly profitable, successful businesses around it. Welcome aboard the Author's Leverage. Thank you for being here. This is actually my first time playing the little intro music, so um, and we get to do that with a very special guest today. So very, very excited that today we are talking about really, really great tips for authors. Of course, this is the author's leverage where we talk about ways that we can monetize what we have, repurposing what we've already created to create a bigger impact and a bigger income. And so today I'm excited that I'm joined with Karen Hodges. Let me tell you about Karen, and then I'm going to bring her on. Karen Hodges uh, but if, Miller. <laughs> Karen, yes, Karen Hodges Miller. Thank you. Um, we're going to, let me introduce her and then get us started in today's conversation. So glad that you're here. All right, Karen Hodges Miller. She's the CEO of Open Door Publications. It's a company that specializes in helping authors navigate publishing in the 21st century. The company assists both published and first-time authors with the ride with a wide variety of skills and tasks needed to successfully write, publish, and market a book. Karen herself has written eight books, both fiction and nonfiction, as well as countless newspaper and magazine articles in her 30-plus year career. How to Sell Your Book Today is her latest book on book marketing techniques. And in early 2022, she's going to publish the second edition of self-publishing, You Can Do This. She is also planning a second book, wow, for 2022, tentatively called Authorpreneurship. It's going to focus on authors as small business owners and the skills they need to be successful. You can definitely check out more about Karen Hodges Miller at opendoorpublications.com. So let's go ahead and give a big warm welcome to Ms. Karen Hodges Miller. Thank you for being here, Karen. And well, when you read my bio, I realized I'm feeling like patting myself on the back. I've done so much since we first talked and scheduled this because yeah. my my second edition, um, I've got to figure out which side to put it on. There you Self-publishing, go. that's already come out. And I just put up a pre-order for my next book, which will be out in September. And we've come up with an official title called Authorpreneur build the business behind the book. So that's that's a little of what I've been up to in the first quarter of, of 2022. I love it. You are a busy, busy woman and putting out really great content for a lot of authors who, I mean, this is a really big topic right now, how authors can be aligned in doing the, the right things that are going to set them up for success now that they have a book. So uh, before we jump into that, would you share a little bit about your expertise and your experience, I should say, because you've been doing this for uh, 30 plus years. So 
Tell us a little bit about how you got started uh, in this world. I can't even tell them how long I've been doing this. Um, <laughs> I, I, I started, people say, when did you want to become a writer? I literally, I wanted to become a writer when I was eight years old and I read Little Women. And I said, I'm going to be a writer like Louisa May Alcott. And um, that, you know, talk about goal setting. That goal has been in my mind. And it's looked very different at very different at different times of my life, but I'm still making a living working with writing. And that thrills me to no end. I started as a journalist because um, I thought that journalism was more compatible with eating on a regular basis than trying to write a novel. And I, <laughs> I like to eat. And um, then various things came along. I became a freelance writer. I owned a small magazine in Indiana for a while. Um, it was a parenting magazine. I eventually got tired of writing about um, your child's first visit to the dentist and reinvented myself as a business writer. Um, and then I kept meeting people who had books. Um, if you know anything about newspaper reporters, we've all got our, our next great American novel in the bottom drawer of our book. And I kept having people ask me to read them and I would read these great books and they would not get published. And um, the Amazon came along, social media came along and I started to see a way that people could bypass agents and traditional publishing and go out and get their books published. And so Right around 20, you know, 2000, the, the um, Y2K, I started doing that. And um, it's gradually evolved. And I did not want to write my own books, but people made me do that. And the one thing, if you know anything about publishing, it's that as soon as you figure it all out, it changes. Which is why that first, I, I was, I'm going to write a first book. It's going to tell everybody everything about publishing. There, I'm done. And then I just have to keep writing more and more books. So there you go. Plus I love it's it. a little addictive. Writing books is addictive. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. I mean, you're on eight and you're working on a second edition and another book as well. And the topics of those for authors definitely seem to be, of course, in alignment with helping them to do the same. And so mm -hmm. when you have this word here, entrepreneurship, um, why was that important for you to kind of focus in on in this particular book? Well, um, I have watched my clients grow from the time I started. And when I first started, I had a lot of people who wanted to write books, but either did not know anything about how to write or they knew how to write, but they didn't know anything about publishing and were totally stopped in that new phase. And so I was teaching writers how to become authors. And the great thing about my business, I have been in business long enough to get repeat customers. And so now I have authors who want to go farther. They're not just one and done, although there's a lot of one and done people out there and I've got great respect for them. 
but I'm now working a lot with people who want to make books the major part of their business. And that's why the term authorpreneur. If you're an author, you are an entrepreneur, you are a small business owner. And I did not coin the phrase authorpreneur, but I have snapped it up and uh, I'm, I'm using it because it really explains what I do and what a lot of people I know want to do. And that is to make a business that is based around books. So. That's incredible. And and how, I should say, how does it look like for a book to be the main part of someone's business? What does that look like? It can look like a couple of things. One is what we think of as maybe the traditional novelist, Stephen King, J.K. Rowling, um, Nora Roberts, the person who puts out one book, two books, three books, or more a year. And they're the person whose main product is the book. And then there are people like me. Um, books are working with books, working with authors is part of my business. Producing books is part of my business. But the book is really a marketing tool. And I have had authors tell me, I don't care if I ever sell a book. I would rather give away 100 books than sell three. Because if I give away a book, I am reaching more people. And then they are calling me to do business with them. If I go in to talk to a client, I have more credibility. I can ask for more money. And... Um, so a book can either be a tool to get you where you want to go in another business, or it can be the main tool of your business. I love that. Yeah, it's it's there, like you said, as a marketing tool to get people in the door with you. Mm -hmm. um, and then also to, well, you can monetize the book, of course, just selling the copies, even though you don't have to. It could be a free lead generation you can, tool. And, and I, have, I, I totally believe as many books as you can sell, sell. That, but you should also consider that statistics show that for every book you give away, you sell 10. Mm. So, yes. Give those for every away. book you sell, you give away 10. No, for every book you give away, you sell 10. You sell 10. You sell 10. Yes. yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. And that's just because of what's going to happen down the road after they've taken that first step. It's the word of mouth of um, someone saying, you know, here, I just read this book. You should get it, too. And, uh, you know, sometimes they pass it on. Sometimes they're like, oh, you know, I don't want to give it to you or I don't have it on me right now. Here, let me send you a link to it. Let me give you the title to that book. And, um, you know, somebody always is looking for more information. We never know who the person we're going to run into who has that information and selling our books, giving away our books is a way to get past the number of people we can talk to in person on a daily basis. Wow. Yeah. And how, so I, I know that there are a number of authors, maybe they've already published a book. And oftentimes that I hear is some level of disappointment, right? In terms of 
uh, on the back end of the revenue that was made, um, you know, like you said, they can go a different route in terms of either giving away copies of their book or selling them. But I think across the board, it's just like, oh, I was expecting more from this. Why do you think that that is the case for them getting to that point um, and having those thoughts? Number one, were their expectations realistic? Mm. And I like to say, you know, and people say, well, when is a book a success? A book is a success when the author's happy with what it's done. If the author is truly writing a book for family and friends and wants to give away um, 25 to 50 copies to everyone he or she knows, that's great. They're a success. If the author wants to sell 1,000 copies and write the next book and then sell 2,000, and they only sell 500. Most authors are going to say, you sold 500. And they're going to go, but I wanted to sell five, sell 1,000. Well, were you realistic? Um, have you looked at the time frame where you could sell 1,000? Was that you were planning to sell 1,000 in a month, in three months? Um, and did you market? And the thing that authors hate to do is to market. We don't like to market ourselves. And I'm putting a we on that because I am first <laughs> up in there. I hate to market. I hear you on that. And and why is that? Why do you think that especially authors just don't really care to market? You're selling your, your child. Ah. These are my babies. Yeah. These are my little babies. They are the children of my brain. I've worked hard to create these. Every thought came straight out of my head. And I don't think it's more or less for a fiction versus a nonfiction writer. Um, these are my children, and I am sending them off to kindergarten and worrying if all the other children will like them. Mm. And um, so it's very easy to, to keep them at home rather than putting them out in the world or you put them out in the world, but you don't really tell people about them. Or the other big one is people's understanding of marketing and what they think of marketing is and how much it takes is really uh, just, just very small. And the number of impressions that you must make on a person before they buy something, whether it's a book or your Nike shoes or, you know, your Cadbury Easter eggs, since it's the day after Easter. Um, it takes a lot to get people's attention. And in this market, in this day and age, it takes even more than usual. We have to really work to get people's attention and we have to work every day to do it. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough job. I can see why in that case, most authors would shy away from that. What would you say is like the number one thing that they could have in mind to make it easier to send their kids off to school? <laughs> <laughs> when you send your child to school, they're not perfect. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And that's the same as your book. And I have, um, you know, I, I write a lot about people who get stopped at that point of, of not being able to go any farther. 
And one of the big things I see is perfectionism. And I have just been working with someone and she has a great book. I was so impressed. The first few chapters I read, this, this is, this is, I read a lot of stuff that's not so good. I am like, I am so enthralled with this book. I can't wait to, to read the end. And um, I kept telling her how good it was. And she kept saying, you know, I would send her a chapter and I would have, you know, a few typos or let's change a comma, um, maybe a sentence here and there. And she would say, well, don't you think there's more wrong with it? No. Um, are you sure this is OK? You know, she had me read one chapter three times. She was sure that it wasn't making sense. People weren't going to understand it. And it wasn't a good chapter. I love this chapter. This was one of my favorite chapters. She was scared. She was scared it wasn't a good book. And finally, finally, she after I after I had gotten everything to her and she said, I reread it. And you're right. It's really a good book. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think fear of, of putting something out there and having someone laugh at you. Fear of it not being perfect. Perfect. Um, I'm not going to tell you that you won't find a typo when you read my books. You probably will. I will fix every typo I find. All of my books, I write them. I have an editor look at them. I have beta readers who read them. I have a final proofreader. And there's still going to be a typo. Hmm. And if you're reading the ebook, I am firmly convinced that some of those typos keep, you know, creep in in the conversion process. Um, but we're also always afraid that, you know, great aunt Millie is going to point out that in the third line uh, of the third paragraph on page 25, you put a comma be uh, before that third and, and, you know, Oxford commas. I'm not sure if you're, you know, into the debate on Oxford commas, but um, I, I, I know people who can debate the Oxford comma for hours. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, whether they put the, that that um, that comma before or after the end, and someone's going to say you should have put it there or you should not have, and they're just paralyzed because someone's going to find a typo in their book and they can't put it out. Mm. Mm. Well, that's really powerful. It's just a way of what I hear you saying is like, just accept that there's going to be some imperfections there. In, exactly. in the we, publication. Are we are putting out the best we can. Um, and um, the other thing I tell people, and, and this goes directly to what you do in the land of the blind, the one eyed man is king. And I am not going to tell you that I know everything about publishing there's every day I learn more about publishing, but I know more about publishing than the people I work with. And so I'm the one I'm man. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so read my book because I know more than you yes. do. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. It's time for a short break. Let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. Are you an author and ready to leverage your book? Maybe you have a great idea for a course or program, but you need help fleshing it out with someone and making sense of what you have. 
If that's you, I want to invite you to schedule a free half-hour strategy session with me. We'll take a look at your content together, talk about your goals, and I'll provide my professional and honest recommendations. No salesy stuff or surprises. So to schedule a call, visit theauthorsleverage.com forward slash course strategy. All right, now back to the show. You know, it's, it's, it's just powerful just to kind of have that reassurance, right? To have the support that you need in those areas and to know that, you know, period, you know, this is your work that you're putting out there, but uh, it's not going to be 100% perfect. Um, and with your marketing as well, that's going to be you stepping out and, you know, doing something. But I've, I've seen that there are ways that authors can do it in a way that's, you know, that fits for them, fits for their communication yeah. style and how they like yeah. to communicate with what this subject matter is. So um, let's switch gears then and talk a little bit more about some of the monetization um, opportunities that are available for authors. Cause like you said, having the book is a great marketing tool for, to get people in the door um, with you and your services or whatever you offer. Um, but what, what else are you seeing uh, in terms of uh, monetization strategies that allow the author that has a book to do more with it? Okay. So the first thing you need to realize when you're an author is that you have two products. You are selling your book and you are selling yourself. Um, some people are selling themselves first and their books second. Some it's the other way. It doesn't really matter. Um, the other thing that all authors need to realize, if you're an author, you need to be a speaker. If you're a speaker, you need to be an author. Going out and speaking is one of the easiest ways to get the word out about who you are and what you do and what you are good at and what you want to sell. And I'm selling my expertise. I am selling my expertise as a person who helps authors. And every time I do a podcast or any other kind of speaking engagement, um, I, I talk to more people. They're, they are, this is the, the, the circle. Um, I go on the author's leverage and I do a podcast and someone who's never heard about me clicks on my Amazon link and buys my book. Um, they are searching on Amazon for a book about publishing and they find my book and they go to my website and they call me. So the things just revolve around each other and they build. The more you do, the more it builds. And the first thing people have to understand is it doesn't work overnight. Um, you have to have patience. You have to put effort into it. So the first way to monetize is to speak. And um, the second is to have another product that you're selling. If you are a consultant and the book is showing your expertise, then you're that person who goes in, <clears throat> excuse me, to talk to a client and says, look, here's my book. I'm the expert on this. And studies have shown, and I don't know who these people who do these studies are. I look on the internet and I find them that people actually have more respect for a book author than they do for someone who has a PhD after their title. Mm -hmm. And then we finally get to offering a course. And whether that course is a seminar that you give in person, that you give online, 
that you give on a regular basis. I know people who do um, courses that, um, you know, every three months they offer a free introductory course. And then once you're done with that, there's always the spiel to um, upscale, um, upcycle and um, buy my X amount of personal coaching. So that's another way. Um, people who can you know, offer the course for pay, people who offer the course free, people who do that combination. Speaking um, is the best way, whether you know, in whatever form it is. And the thing that the pandemic did for us is make it easier and more comfortable to speak online. I used to always have to go someplace to speak. And um, that meant that um, I was limited to speaking within a couple of hours of where I lived or putting out a lot of money or the group that was hiring me was putting out a lot of money for me to travel. Um, you know, you had to get there, you had to pay for a hotel room. Um, there was the missed time at work, um, whether you're working for yourself or some, someone else. Speaking online is so much easier. And um, these kind of things keep on living. I've got my Open Door Publications website. And I have some of my speaking there. I also have a Karen Hodges Miller, www.karenhodgesmiller.com. And whenever I speak, I try to put a link there. So the events where I speak now are living longer. It used to be that, that they, they did not live past the people that you, that you spoke to. And um, I did something... Back in March, I did a very small event. Um, it was, I used to live in the New Jersey, Eastern Pennsylvania area. And it was a small event for someone I know well um, who has a co-working space in, um, in New Jersey. And she wanted to do a small online seminar. And two of the people who came to that seminar, and there were about 10 who, who attended, um, two of the people I had known for years. One had come to one of my events years before. Another was a friend of a friend who had been telling me for years that he was going to write a book. And um, he'd been on my newsletter, which gets to the other way of marketing, always be sending out a newsletter on a regular basis. He'd been getting my newsletter for literally 10 years. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. Suddenly, my newsletter comes one day, and there's a link. Karen will be speaking online at such and such a time. Mm -hmm. It's free. So he joined it. He came in, and he's like, I'm ready. I've been telling you this forever, Karen, but I'm ready. He's now started to work with me, and he will have his book out in October. And so um, moral of the story, speaking Second moral of the story, you don't know who you're touching at any given time. Uh, third moral, do a newsletter because every time I do a newsletter, those people who 
I've met once or twice but haven't seen in years are like, well, yeah, I remember her. And I am amazed at how often after a newsletter, and I try to put them out monthly, I have an email or call from someone who's saying, you know, I saw your newsletter and I was thinking about you and I'm ready to write that book I talked about years ago. Or I have this great friend who's talked to me about ready, she's ready to write the book. And then your newsletter came, so she's going to be calling you. So keeping in touch on a regular basis, it's part of monetizing your book and it's part of marketing your book. Absolutely. Those are huge, huge keys. I mean, the big thing that's sticking out in my mind is that if you're an author, you should be a speaker. If you're a speaker, you should be an author. Uh, it just oh, yes. it goes so yeah. hand in hand. So I absolutely love that. Um, and you mentioned also your your website, which we're going to it should be it is beneath this event here for those watching on LinkedIn. So um, definitely connect with Karen, the website opendoorpublications.com. And she's also mm -hmm. on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, so, Karen, as we start to wrap up this conversation, I know that in particular, you always, you know, your focus is definitely in, in the world of self-publishing. And yes. I know that there's a lot of options available to authors when it comes to getting their work out. Can you, um, you know, summarize a little bit like why why self-publishing is uh, is what you highly what you recommend for authors to go that route? And uh yeah, just I'm going to go back to full circle of where I started from. Um, I used to see great books never get published because the only way to publish was to go through a major publisher. The only way to go to a major publisher was to get an agent. And the only way to get an agent was to know someone who knew someone. Hmm. And so if you were like me, and um, just, you know, back when I started and I was living in central Indiana, and then I was living in Puerto Rico, um, I didn't know anyone. Um, all I could do was send out query letters that came back. Um, Amazon, the organization we most love to hate, is what has changed the world for book writers. Um, it took publishing a book from the hands of the elite few to the hands of all of us. The great thing is now everyone can write a book. The bad thing is everyone can write a book and your competition has gone from a, maybe a thousand books a year to a few million a year. Um, the good news is the backlist. The old books that you write and that everyone else has written don't go away. You can keep selling your backlist, but so can everyone else. So 2 million books are published every year, and 2 million books were published the year before and the year before, and they're, and they're not going away. They're staying on Amazon. Um, this gets into a whole other story about um, ranking on Amazon, which we, we are not going to go into. But... You have to stand out from the crowd today. And that's where I tell people self-publishing is different than do-it-yourself publishing. We want to be self-publishers, not do-it-yourself. You have to understand that it does take a village to write a book. 
You need a great cover, first and foremost. You need an editor, a formatter, a proofreader. You need a marketer. You need a team of people who are experts in books. And that is the only way to do it today. Get your team around you. Yeah, there's so much more more possibility for sure when we're able to control more of that and have our own team uh, mm-hmm. essentially around that or have a, or in, in your case, <laughs> having that partner that's going to help you get the, get this across the finish line, which is incredible. So, yeah. yeah. So Karen, thank you so much for, for being with me today. I feel like we could talk a little bit more, but I want to be sensitive to time. Um, could you, uh, as we start to wrap this up, uh, any last words of advice for those that are tuning in and then um, also what the author's leverage means to you when you hear that phrase? Okay, um, the last words of advice are don't be afraid, just do it. Um, Second piece of advice is get a good team around you. Don't trust that your mother, who tells you your book is wonderful, knows that your book is wonderful. Get someone critical to look at it. And the author's leverage is what um, you and I are all about. It's about taking that book and that sitting on the bottom rank of Amazon and moving it up. And it's about getting more and more people to hear your message because no matter what we write, we all have a message. That in the end is why we're, we're writing is to tell people our message and leveraging that method message is what we need to do. So, yes. Beautifully said, beautifully said. Well, thank you for being here, Karen. This is such a, a great honor to have you on. Uh, someone with your experience uh, is is definitely worth acknowledging. So thank you so much. And oh, thank you. I really enjoyed you, it. Yeah, me too. So thank you all again for listening and tuning in. We do have Karen's information. It's going to be uh, beneath this post here. So be sure to connect with her. Give her a big thank you for her time and her advice today. This was incredible. And until next time. We will see you again on The Author's Leverage. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Author's Leverage. You can subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Hey, do me a favor. If you found this helpful, leave us a review and share this episode with someone it could help along their journey. To check out more resources, visit theauthorsleverage.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time.